you know, I'd pray these big prayers, but then I'd be like, I got this. I was never stepping beyond what I, as the human me, knew that I could do. And I didn't realize until much later, until I started to step past that point and do things like writing a book or, you know, speaking on stage or starting my own event that I didn't even require faith at the level I was playing at previously. And that was really a hard realization to come to, but a beautiful one, because now Fortunately or unfortunately, I know when I'm still operating within that comfort zone, that place where I don't really have to rely on my faith at all. And one of my favorite quotes, and I I don't actually know who to credit for these words, but it says something to the effect of that faith doesn't even begin. Like it doesn't even start. You don't scratch the surface of faith until you get to the end of what you know yourself to be capable of. And I think it's just a really powerful question. We're just going to hit it hard on a Monday and just start your week off fun. Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. Hello, hello, you guys. I am so excited for you to get to know my friend today who is on Lindsay Schwartz. It's been such an honor following you. And I don't think that's like a common thing that people say, honor knowing you, yes. But I I think when you steward a community the way that you do, and people are going to learn some of that and the why behind that today, um, it's, it's notable and it's important for you to know that the people that are in your community are just really grateful for the way that you show up. Uh, y'all, she is a fellow best-selling author. I got her book here. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And she is a conference host and a podcaster and a mastermind host. She does all the things, hashtag all the things. But my favorite thing is that the girl knows how to dress. I love her fashion. (laughs) And we got to get together with uh, Mike Zeller's mastermind in Arizona a while back. And so it's been fun to continue to connect and excited to share you with the community today. And it's true. We've been wanting to do this for months, but the life of an entrepreneur, of women and people who travel and have big dreams and are moving needles in lots of different ways, not to mention there's been lots of sickness going around. So I agree. I partner with you. Today is the day. It's going to be epic. So Lindsay, I want to just hear, and this is often a way that we get to start it here, is like, what's the backstory? What, who was Lindsay prior to saying, I'm going to write a book, prior to saying that I want to host hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in a community? Because I feel like confidence has to be a huge part of that evolution story. It is. And I think it's important too for people to know that that confidence wasn't there at the beginning. It grew as I stepped forward in faith. And 
if you had met me six or seven years ago, on the surface, it looked like I had a lot of success. I was at the time building a different business. I was in a network marketing company and had a lot of the outward success that you could measure. Things like recognition, awards, speaking on stage, you name it. But deep down, there was just really this void that I was aware was present. It was this feeling of restlessness, this feeling that there was just more. Mm. And I thought that more was something that came from outside of me. And it wasn't until I leaned into something that I had no idea that I could do that I really believed I had I was completely unqualified to do, which was to write that first book, Yeah, that I realized I had been living previously a life where I could get by on giving 60 to 70% of my effort. And I could, it was, it was tricky because I could achieve a lot of great things at yeah. 60 to 70%, but I didn't have to get uncomfortable. So I got to operate within what I could control. And while I, I would have told you during that season that I thought I had faith, the truth was I wasn't even getting near to the edge of what I knew myself to be capable of. And therefore, I actually wasn't relying on faith. You know, I'd pray these big prayers, but then I'd be like, I got this. Totally. I was never stepping beyond what I, as the human me, knew that I could do. And I didn't realize until much later, until I started to step past that point and do things like writing a book or, you know, speaking on stage or starting my own event that I didn't even require faith at the level I was playing at previously. And that was really a hard realization to come to, but a beautiful one, because now, fortunately or unfortunately, I know when I'm still operating within that comfort zone, that place where I don't really have to rely on my faith at all. And one of my favorite quotes, and I, I don't actually know who to credit for these words, but it says something to the effect of that faith doesn't even begin. Like it doesn't even start. You don't scratch the surface of faith until you get to the end of what you know yourself to be capable of. And I think it's just a really powerful question. We're just going to hit it hard on a Monday and just start. Yeah, let's and just say, like, if you were to give an honest look, how often are you relying on faith? How many things are you doing that require you to hit your knees in prayer, in humility to say, I don't have this. I don't know how to do this. I cannot do this by myself. And for me, the answer up until, you know, about six or seven years ago was I, I don't think I'd ever reached that point. True truly needing faith until I started this journey that people now know me for, which is cool. But the internal transformation that's happened, it, everything else pairs in, pales in comparison. So rich. And it, I feel like as you're saying, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Because it's not everyone's story. However, I feel like everyone's story is connected to the less of them, more of him. And as we come into that journey, we realize the beauty of it. And it is connected to elements of imposter syndrome, right? It is, it is connected to how can I release more of what I know as comfort zone and step into this, bi this bigger territory that feels uncomfortable. And sometimes you're doing that and you're like, I have no idea what I'm about to encounter. And right. that's where confidence is really shaped it is if we know what it is, is it really confidence or is it just you being you? Right. And I love how you're saying the 60 to 70%. I had never thought about it from like a percentage wise of what output we were putting out 
previous to this faith journey, um, but I could definitely share in that. When you're talking, and it's one of the elements that's really prominent in your book, and I know that you speak into women's lives all the time around this, talk to us about the internal GPS and the knowing that you needed to go further, or was there a moment of of tragedy or a moment of trauma or a moment of realization where you're like, I can't operate like this anymore. I have to go to the next level. Well, I think for me, that GPS was this feeling I couldn't ignore, that there just was untapped potential within me. And there were a lot of reasons I wasn't leaning into it. I would look around. I grew up in a very small town. I came from the Midwest and, you know, I was already out achieving anything that I had seen any of my friends or family do. And that felt really vulnerable to say, like, I'm, I'm just getting started. I think there's actually so much more. And I was sitting in church with a friend yesterday and we were really talking about how I think even people look at my life now and, you know, I've been able to do some very cool things. I'm very blessed to get to do the work that I do, but people don't realize that I'm still on this journey of finding that true God-given potential within me. I think it is a lifelong, it's a lifelong journey. There's always another level to it as we submit more and more and more to the vision he's placed inside of us. And I, you know, I I don't think there's a lot of conversations specifically, I don't know if this is going to ruffle some feathers, but, you know, specifically within the church environments I grew up in to encourage it. And that's not to say there's anything wrong or bad, but I think it goes back to, I had to start putting myself around people who my wildest, biggest dreams didn't, they didn't flinch at all. They actually stretched me to, to think a little bigger because I do believe God doesn't place these big visions inside of us for us to sit on them. You know, if we think of the parable of the talents, Are we the ones that are going out and multiplying what he's given us? Or are we the ones who are afraid to put it on display? And I was afraid for so long. So when you refer back to that GPS, I think it was realizing that feeling inside of me was trying to lead me down a path that I had to choose to partner with him on. He wasn't going to do it for me. It was going to require my faith to step out beyond what I knew myself to be capable of, like I said, and start to do some of the things that I couldn't control or, you know, I had to risk failure, risk something not looking the way that I wanted it to look. And in that, I found that the true sense of that power comes from not trying to do it all by myself, not operating within my own human strength. So I think when we look at just that you know, there's, there's things that light you up for a reason. They are trying to pull you in a certain direction. I think it's so beautiful to look around the world and realize that we're all lit up and passionate about different things. And that's by design, but it's not for us to sit and just dream about those things. It is at some point for us to, to do something with them. That's so good. As you were saying that, I was thinking of like a constellation. And if we know like what the the vision of that constellation is supposed to be, and then we go to like show our kids or show our friends and like look up at the night sky with our loved one. And we're like, hey, half of that constellation isn't shining tonight. 
I wonder, I, you can't see the full picture. And I think that's like the beauty of all of us shining uniquely and dynamically is because we're supposed to make a full picture of Christ, right? Like that's truly our intention. He says here on earth, as it is in heaven, we're supposed to shine city on a hill. And if half of the body of Christ, which I, I think it's more than half, honestly, I agree with you in what the church has or hasn't done in the equipping process, especially when it comes to us stepping into the purpose of our lives and the fulfillment of who we're called to be. Um, we, we can't not shine. It's, it's not a, it's not a choice unless we decide to partner with the darkness, unless we decide to partner with the fact that I just let this ember burn out because it's not working for me. And you see a lot of times, and I was at a conference last year and, um, I saw all those like pie charts where every speaker for some reason that specific day got up and they talked about their particular pie chart and a faith was an element of the pie chart. And it kind of made me cringe on the inside because I'm thinking, I hear you. I understand what you're saying, but really that makes it look like a checkbox because fitness is on that same one or your, your family is on that same one. And even family, that's a really hard one to say, like, you're just a pie chart when I know you really embrace the idea that like, let's break down those silos and let's exist in the entirety of who we are and celebrate that the faith is like what fuses us into that confidence, into that next level. And all of those other pieces are things that we get to do in the process. Mm, that's so good. And, you know, it's it's natural for our human minds to try and yeah. prioritize things, to, sure. to put things into a very logical pattern. But the true miracles don't happen in the logical. Mm. They just don't. And so you're right. I mean, there's it, it's, it's the overarching theme of everything in my life, or at least that's that's when I'm operating at my best, when it's not so much the pie chart. It really is a matter of what am I being called to pursue right now? Where am I being called to, to give my time? And that's always evolving, but it comes from really living in that in that place where I am dependent because I'm stepping beyond what I know myself to be capable of and having a vision for my business, for my marriage, for my family. And when I, when I'm at the place where I don't know exactly how to make it all work together, that's how I know I'm actually relying on faith in that, in that moment. And it's always an ebb and flow. I, it's not like I never catch myself going back to like, Okay, totally. I just need a I just need a season of like I got this. I'm just going to kind of make sure that <laughs> yes. what I've built is already is maintained. Yeah. Um so it's it's never it's never just looks one way and I think that's important for people to know too. Well, and I think too, one thing that you and I have both experienced, especially as we do go into these like higher level, and I say higher level, it's not like to to pale or to to put anyone down that they're not there yet. Um, just other people, when we go into mastermind settings, right, with people who have checked some boxes or achieved some element of success uh, in some different bracket of their life. It could be physical. It could be mental. Often for us, it's likely entrepreneurial. And when I got into those spaces for the first time in my life, outside of what was my little community here, even though it's a big community, but little, um, I, my eyes were really opened to um, my own potential. And that was when that, that operating system, that GPS kind of like lit up and was like, yes, you are capable. And there are people in those arenas that 
have gotten to that glass ceiling. And I'm speaking, I know, to a lot of people in our community who they feel like they've kind of hit that echelon of whether it's a, a six-figure sign or whether it's um, the amount of followers that they have, or it's very like carnal that if, of what that glass ceiling is, and yet they want more. And I think that is the the lacking of being in the entrepreneurial space and why it's so beautiful to be able to be in both and have that faith meets entrepreneurial lens because you realize that that lack of satisfaction, one is what propels us to go further, but it's also not something we're ever going to find in one of those carnal assets, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How have you navigated that knowledge, that experience, those relationships, especially when a lot of the relationships, at least for, for me, I've experienced don't really have that same element of faith? Right. Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because we are, I, I do believe we're called to be in the world and yeah. and to shine a different kind of light that makes people want to know what makes us different. And everyone's calling is going to be different. I even remember writing my book and praying about whether it should be directly faith-based and yeah. very much written through the lens that I live my life and I build my business and for whatever reason kept feeling that I was getting confirmation. It was not meant to be basically positioned in the spirituality category, right? right because right. very much of like how I live and even just the opportunity to have this, this conversation is in a way that is meant to, to have people wonder what's different. And I will never shy away from sharing where I'm at in my faith journey I want to do that in a way that makes others who are on the outskirts and and really craving something deeper and realizing, wow, I'm just not finding that fulfillment no matter how much money I make, no matter how how many of these external things I achieve, to make them view whatever we're doing as like, but there's just something different. It's not that it's more perfect. It's not that these people don't have challenges. In fact, they've come through some crazy challenges. Wow. And they still have this light about them. Yeah. And it's it's been an interesting journey, especially as an achiever. And I, I do believe that God wired me this way for a purpose. And the same thing that is, is what is one of my greatest tools for being able to do good in this world can also be the thing that can get in my way because it's very easy as you step into some of these places to just think that you should want the same things that other people around you want. And, and maybe you do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting more or even enjoying the things that come with it. But I, I almost think that for a lot of us, we go through a, a process where we realize that the thing we thought was going to give us the fulfillment actually isn't it. And as much as I could hear someone say that in on a podcast or hear someone else share their story of that... I had to have my own experience with it. I really had to like, you know, come to that understanding on my own so I could own that lesson. But there is, I think, this, this overarching, you just kind of have to find your place within this overarching conversation of that there's an end point we should all be working toward because every single one of our callings is different. 
Mm, that's really good. And I think having that forethought into those places doesn't then put you in that same comparison mindset that it can. Um, because I think that's one of the things that holds people back. They haven't even started and they're already comparing themselves. I'm like, no, like you're looking to, you know, you'll hear people say you're looking to their like fifth chapter and you're on chapter one. Like, let's just at least start. Right. And that's for all the authors out there, that analogy, but same thing for podcasting. I was just in a podcasting like VIP last week with two different podcasters and I'm giving them, you know, all of the wisdom, all of the insight from where I am now, five years later. I'm like, I promise you, let's go, hold on, let's go back and look how it Mm -hmm. looked when I first started. And I think that's one of the things I love so much about the people and the community that you bring um, and the energy that you bring because you don't let people stand in that victim mentality. You don't let people stay in the, but look at her, look at me. You celebrate them individually and then the collective as a whole and what that can do when we as powerhouse women are united. What can that do? I mean, it changes energy rooms. It changes the environment because of who we are as women. And so tell us a bit more about like, were you always a girl's girl? Were you always like in the sorority? Or I know network marketing kind of has that feel and vibe anyway, but I'm curious because that was not Mm. my story. (laughs) No, I was actually always, I was, I had an aversion to committing to one friend group. Even to this day, I've got, if you looked at over the course of my life and the friends that I've accumulated, they all add something different to my life. And if you put them all together, you're like, how does this even (laughs) make sense? Um, But I always have just craved this sense of belonging and creating a sense of belonging. So whether it was reaching out to the people who didn't feel like they belonged in high school and even college and and now even carrying that into the work that I that I do I I believe that one of the giftings that I have is community and just really naturally being able to facilitate and build community in a way that makes it feel safe. That's the intention, at least, for the majority of people, no matter what their experience has been with other women or with you know, other, other groups of people, because that can be a source of trauma for a lot of people. It can be a source of pain. And my my job isn't to resolve that for them, but to show that it can be a lot more fun and it can be a safe place to put yourself in community, whether it's the powerhouse women community or a place that really fuels your soul. And I do believe we need many different types of communities, big and small, to make sure that there is something for every person who really wants to be supported on their journey, whatever that might be. You know, we both play in this entrepreneurship space, which is so beautiful, but that's why there's a need for multiple different types of community because my my intention starting out was never to be the end-all be-all for every single woman on the planet. I just know who I am. I know the type of feeling and intention I want to create within the community. And I trust that those who align with that and resonate with that are going to find their way here and are going to stay for as long as they're meant to stay. But some of them are meant to go and be inspired by that and create their own. 
some are meant to stay and be lifers forever. I mean, we already have people with tattoos of our motto and, you know, it's <laughs> awesome. it's a thing. We have matching jackets. It's, yes. you know, it's just so beautiful to see. But my intention starting out was was pretty simple. I was looking to create the space that I was looking for. And maybe you're the same. You know, I think a lot of us create what we aren't able to find. And I wanted to find that place where it was celebrated for me to be as ambitious as I am. That it was a place where I could bring my biggest, wildest, craziest dreams, but I could also be just as honest about the parts that are challenging and the parts that I don't have figured out and the things I still struggle with. And I find that when I'm able to be authentically me in both of those ways, I show up as my best. And I wanted to create that space for others. So if you have a heart for gathering people together, whether it's in small groups or in big groups, there's just such a need. Now more than ever, there is such a need for community, specifically in the business world. And I I mean, that's something that I love to talk about and train on because I don't believe there is one community that is the answer for everyone. Yeah, I completely agree. And I loved your like analogy of all the different people putting them in one space. You're like, how in the world are they connected? Oh, Lindsay, right? And so yeah. I love that. It, it just makes me think of that like mosaic of people. And whenever you see images and the things that she puts out into the world, y'all, you do see the mosaic, which I think is really dynamic and often hard to come by, um, especially from a generational, from an ethnic, from a diversity perspective. Um, it's really amazing how you attract people of so many different types of backgrounds. And I think that is what keeps your community growing and keeps it really different than a lot of people. Because sometimes I'll find people and they're just like, making almost like little mini me's and it's like a duplicate of like who you used to be. And I think that there's power to that because that's who you're most comfortable talking to. But I, in evolution and anyone in evolution, you have to have people unlike you in order for you to have more brilliance, to shine brighter, right? Iron sharpening iron is not like the same sword. It's two swords coming together. And so I think especially with like, and I am not into politics and all that stuff, but with the political unrest and the climate of our society as a whole, it's going to be more and more important for us to have relationships, partnerships, and communities where we can go and be heard from multiple perspectives and listen from multiple perspectives. You're so right. And I mean, that it makes all of us better. That's hands down. Yeah. That's the reason why it's always been a priority because I I know that I represent one specific type of story. That I have my story and my life experience, and that's that's what I that's what I'm, what I'm working with. And knowing that this this conversation we were creating is meant to be available to more than just the people who are going to look like me, walk like me, talk like me. I am married. I don't have children right now. If I were attracting people and serving people who are just like me, it would it would leave a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. And from the beginning, that was really the goal was to, I wanted to start this conversation, but invite multiple voices to the table to have it because someone's going to hear it. And this again is just, I don't, I feel like this is just really on my heart. So someone listening to this must need to hear. If you are feeling the pull, the call to create community, to start bringing people together, we need you. Someone out there needs to hear it through your lens, whatever the message you want to share is, because 
they're not going to be able to hear it from Tamara or from me. They're, they need to hear your story and your perspective on it. So knowing that and knowing that I wanted this to feel like a, a we more than a me, from the beginning, that was something that we really prioritized. And, and if I'm being totally honest, it also took the pressure off of me because I was really fighting a lot of the imposter syndrome. And I was like, I, I don't know all of the things, you know, especially yeah. when it comes to building a business. So let me be the person who creates the platform to uplift others who have different perspectives. So and so good. it also is like this sneaky way of getting over my imposter syndrome because <laughs> I took the pressure off of myself immediately. I'm not supposed to have all the answers. And I wanted to show others that they don't have all the answers to get started either. And ironically, the thing that built my credibility in the marketplace was the fact that I was the one who started bringing people together. Not that I knew the most or I have the most savvy when it comes to business. It was I was the one who was bringing people together and giving people a platform. It's as simple as that. That's literally what built my expertise, what built my personal brand, what has now built this whole community. But it started just by by knowing and giving myself permission that I didn't have to be the the one that had all the answers. That's really good. I want to go back to, because it's something I continue seeing and I love it. I think a lot of people are drawn, especially women, are drawn towards the network marketing realm, the direct marketing status, because there is a huge community. It's built in. So you don't feel like you're doing it alone. There's camaraderie. So it feels like it's fun. They have trips and retreats and everything's built in. And it doesn't feel while you are an entrepreneur in that realm, you have some really awesome tools and systems. But what I've seen time and time again with people that I've been able to help steward is this knowing that at some point, similar to the previous glass ceiling that I was mentioning, they might hit whatever the brackets are called diamond, okay, or gold or whatever they are in that specific thing. And they still sense that void. They still sense that something isn't right. And what I see in these communities is people who are becoming catty in order to either earn more or have more or control more, and also contracts under some of these network marketings that are not allowing you to venture out and have a voice in any other arena. And so having to see these women specifically, again, men, y'all are here and hanging out with us as well. And we appreciate you. And there's a huge network marketing of men as well. But I see them having to release an old identity, which is this also a comfort zone of finances in order for them to really feel free enough to share some of the things that you're talking about from a testimonial perspective. And so what encouragement as you kind of navigated, and maybe that wasn't exactly your story, but you navigated shifting from network marketing into a personal brand, a solopreneurship and entrepreneurship business. Yes. Uh, and that was one of the most scary things that I've ever done. I think in, in the moment it felt that way, but I also, this was during the season where I, I was becoming aware that I wasn't really stretching myself. I wasn't really going beyond what I knew myself to be capable of. And I say this all the time. I could have had that same breakthrough by staying in my network marketing business and just found that resolve to dig deeper and, and really start to play at a bigger level. And I, I just think that m for whatever reason, my journey led me down the path of writing my book, which never was meant to inspire a whole other business. But it was inspired by a lot of the conversations that I was having with 
people as I was building my network marketing business, which there were so many conversations that tended to sound a lot alike. It would be something to the effect of me sitting down with someone who had seen the success I had created or was curious about what I was doing. I would share what I was up to and, you know, the, all the things. And it would, it would tend to turn into something that sounded like, Lindsay, I'm so inspired by what you did. And I don't think that's for me, meaning the business I was building. I don't think that's for me, but I've always had this other idea or I've always wanted to start something of my own. And I joke that this is why I never went to like the tippy top of my network marketing company. Cause at this point I'd be like, yeah, forget this. Tell me more. Tell me more <laughs> about it. like this idea. You just lit up when you talked about this and without fail in, you know, they would share this vision that would sometimes bring me to tears. And it was one of those ideas I'm sure you've heard so many people share them too, where you hear it and you're like, that needs to happen. That needs to exist. How do we get this going? What do you need? And in the next breath, they would share why they weren't ready or they didn't know enough or they didn't have all the skills or resources or the network to make that happen. And every time I kind of would sit back and, and say, well, hold on, did, did no one tell you? Oh, let me be the one to, to break the news. Yeah, none of us know what we're doing. We are literally <laughs> figuring this out as we go. Did, totally. Like, did no one tell you that? Because what they would, were essentially saying is the the things that felt that were disqualifying them, which as believers, we can hear this through the lens of, you know, there's that quote about he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Yeah. But it's one thing to have as like a cute quote on, that we post on Instagram, another to right. live out boldly in our lives because stepping right. into something you feel totally unqualified to do is another kind of fear, another kind of discomfort I just had really never experienced. And I would hear these these people, a lot of women, again, men and women, but it just right. happened to be a lot of women sharing this with me, saying that the thing that they thought made them inadequate, I could hear as, well, that's the thing that's literally going to make you relatable, that qualifies you to serve this mission. Like, let's get this going. And come full circle, one day I was on Facebook, saw a post from an acquaintance, and there was something in my spirit that just said, you should reach out to her. And the post said something to the effect of she was writing a book, she was doing this program that helped entrepreneurs get their message out in the form of a book. And I still have the screenshot today. It'll go in my second book. But I messaged her saying, I don't know why I'm messaging you, but something inside said you should do that. And I, it was this moment where I was like, I don't understand why. I knew that I was I was in this restless season where I, I felt like I wasn't truly reaching my potential in my network marketing business or just really in my life. And I didn't see this as the answer, but I couldn't deny that I felt like I was being pulled in this direction. So I said, yes, I joined this program for the entire year. I wrote this book in secret, not telling a soul because... I was just afraid. I was afraid of my network marketing team judging me for having these other aspirations. I was afraid of, you know, my friends and family from the Midwest judging me, like, who does she think she is? I was petrified of someone reading this book because I didn't really <laughs> want to put myself out there. Right. And again, like layer by layer, he just worked on my heart and really showed me what was well, and sometimes we have to be afraid because I, I prayed that the prayer, you just want to be ready. If you're going to pray this prayer, you just got to be ready for the answer. But I prayed the, 
show me what's in the way prayer. And he showed mm. me over the course of a year, wow. all of the things, all the places where I had my heart mm. guarded and I wasn't really allowing him to be a part of my story. So it happened to take me in the direction of launching this book, which, which eventually went on to inspire an event. And as it was starting to pick up steam, here was the point of faith. And and like I said, I, I actually loved my network marketing business. I was at the point where I would have continued to do both if I, if I could have. But I came to this point where I felt very clearly I was being called to make a choice. And I knew that the choice was pulling me in the direction of powerhouse women and pouring my time into that. But it wasn't really making money yet. So here I was at a point where I knew I would be disappointing people who wanted me to keep showing up as the leader in my company and in, in the way that I was showing up, I was about to, you know, potentially cut my income drastically. And, and luckily I didn't have any, anything, any pushback from the corporate level of, of doing, I was uh, under the radar enough that like, I didn't ruffle any of those feathers, but (laughs) you know, it was more of just, I was going to have to disappoint some people in the pursuit of what I knew I was being called to do. And I had to have my husband's buy-in because here I was going to, you know, pour time into something that I had evidence that there was something there, but I didn't have evidence in the bank account yet. And I just remember this point of, of faith being making the energetic decision that I was going all in and then setting up the people in my other, in my team up for success to go on without me as like the leader showing up the the way I had been all along. And it was tough. And honestly, I, what I'll, what I'll share that I don't, I don't talk about this very often is I actually delayed that decision. Do you ever know that like God is calling you to something and you're just like, yeah, just, just give me one more minute. Just one more minute. Yeah. I I won't say often, but I've been there often. (laughs) Yeah. And at least in my case, in, in this case, he, he made it really clear and it was painful and it involved some friendships really. It just involved a, a lot of heartache that I don't think I had to endure, but I wasn't listening to the call and then finally did. And, you know, now kind of the rest is history, but I, I love going back and taking people back to that moment. Cause there are some of you who right now are, you know, that you're being called to make a really bold decision that may not make sense to a lot of other people. But in my experience, all of the blessings that I had wanted, all of the, even just like the emotional feeling of accomplishment, of confidence, like we talked about in the beginning, that came on the other side of making some of these bold decisions and being willing to disappoint people. That wasn't my preference, but I wasn't going to live my life for others anymore, which had also been a pattern. I was really living my life for this calling that I knew had been placed on my life and trusting that even though I couldn't see exactly where it was going, it was leading me down the path of my ultimate purpose. And I'm still on that path. I don't, I still don't know where it's ending up, but it, it now gives me, and I'll kind of tie this with a bow. My network marketing career was the season where I felt what it felt like to do it on my own to not require faith, to, to entertain a lot of very deep-rooted people-pleasing and enabling tendencies. And I needed that season to set me up to be the leader that I am in my company now. And it served such a beautiful purpose. 
But for some of you, you can't rush the season that you're in if you're still learning some of those lessons, because I wouldn't get to be this version of me had I not been through all of that. And it just so happened for me that it, it involved me, you know, starting over building another company in order to like really move into that next season. But that's just, that's just my personal journey. I don't necessarily think that's everyone's, but it's, it's a tough one because there's a lot, a lot that we have to be willing to let go of to make some of those transitions. Well, and I think, I think of all the timing elements to what you're sharing, right? There was like waiting and then there was you, you shouldn't have been waiting and God was like pushing and he's knocking. And then there's all these different pieces to the timing and the pace in which we decide to show up in our life. And I do see sometimes people have these like great, huge, grandiose dreams and business venture ideas of like, this is brilliant. And they're like, because what's being taught to them, they're like, jump all in and give up everything else. And then they're flat broke. They have no income. They haven't consulted their husband or or wife. They, They have a family at that point. There was like things going on. Their money was tied up in places. And so I, I really always, um, I like how you said it. It's my story. It's not everybody's story for people to sit with the Holy Spirit, to ask those questions and how he did it with you, making it very evident. This is your next step. Let's go versus you having no idea. Now, mind you, even in that there is faith because there was a lot of release from what was behind you in order to step in and catapult you into this. I'm curious from the next timing perspective, did you see the community or the business um, have a very fast momentum out the gate? Or was that something that took a little bit of stewarding and then you're like, aha, I've got an unlock of some sorts? Mm, I don't think any part of my my journey to me has felt fast. Yeah, From the outside looking in, maybe some people, if they're encountering my story now, could feel that way, but it has felt very steady. It has felt like it, it has never unfolded sooner than it was meant to, even if my, my deep down, I really wanted it to. And it's come, the outward results have come on the other side of, of continuing to do that deep inner work with him and letting, letting him reveal the things that can't come with me into the next season that I'm going into. Even right now, I'm, I'm looking at some of the things that aren't going to be a fit for the next season that he's calling me into within this business. So it felt very, I think what was interesting about stepping beyond what I knew myself to be capable of is I released control. I really did. Like I can say that because I know what it felt like to to have this death grip of control on my other business and to feel distinctly how this journey has been different. And what's beautiful about that is it's very much a, much a posture of okay, here I am, Lord, now what? What today? Who am who am I supposed to speak to today? Who am I supposed to serve today? How do you want me to show up today? And I'm not the type of person who hears audibly. I don't really get my answers that way. I I believe that the Holy Spirit leads me a lot through there's just like a peace in my spirit when I when I am presented with a certain opportunity, even writing the book that felt logically my mind said, what are you doing? This is a distraction. This has nothing to do with building your other business and there was something inside that said, go. Hmm. Go. This is your opportunity. Go. You yeah. keep asking to be used in a bigger way. Go. And 
when I started to get quiet enough to hear those answers and just to really sit with answers, not it's not always a clear, obvious yes, but when I think about, okay, what does this feel like if I say no or if I stay still and it feels very stagnant, it feels very much like like I am sitting down, you know, folding my legs and saying, okay, you know, just sitting cross-legged and saying like, okay, well, I'm just waiting here for you to show me where to go next. No, he's usually showing us. It's There's very yeah. few times that he's had me totally stop and stand still. Yeah. There's always some a way to keep showing up and keep moving forward. And so at times it felt fast, at times it felt really slow. And I think that's like a beautiful thing to acknowledge because for most of us, if it went as fast as we think we want it to, we wouldn't be ready. If he had given me the platform and the community that I have now, six years ago, I wouldn't have been ready to serve them at this level. So it's it keeps me grounded in the season I'm in right now to realize that it's all coming at the at the pace it's meant to. He I feel the sense that it's very big, and I don't actually know what big means, right? Big could just mean a deep impact with the few. Or it could mean filling stadiums with people. And I don't know because I don't need to know. If I if I needed to know right now, he would show me. I just see maybe six to eight months ahead. And that's it. That's all he's ever given me is, you know, maybe a year at most. But even a, the year out view is very fuzzy. So I don't worry about it. Yeah, golly. I hope that that brings the you guys who are listening just peace in that moment because First off, she said the thing that I love when people say, and I totally agree with, and you guys know me as a community, like we don't have it figured out. Like we're we're just taking a leap of faith day by day. And with that surrendered spirit, like you mentioned, God, show me who you want me to impact today. God, open the door that you would have me walk into today. And again, we know the scripture, like tomorrow has worries of its own. Yesterday had its own. So let's just focus on today. And then to know that like, the vision for 2023. She doesn't have the full picture. Okay. Nobody does. If they do, I want to know them and I, I want to sit with them and I want to pick their brain. And at the same time, if that is the, well, part of their gifting, cause they're prophetic in that lens, like that's just meant for them. And so this is who we are and to embrace who we are and how God communicates with us, whether it's audible, whether it's written, whether it's in vision, whether it's in dreams, whether it's just in the person that you get to interact with today and that person speaks through you to you. Um, I just so appreciate your humbleness towards the way that you speak about your faith. And I also think because so many of the community mem members come to Fit and Faith because they want to figure out how can they be more bold in sharing their faith? I think it's equally as important for people to know not everyone is called to share their faith in the out way that we do here. And that doesn't mean that they're less Christian or less connected to Jesus or less capable of having a massive impact. In fact, God used so many people in the Bible who had no idea who he was, Jesus himself, in order for him to reveal himself. And so I think it's really important for us to be open-minded and to sit with the Holy Spirit in that question for ourselves. God, how do you want me to use this tool? And so I love that you shared that with me because I was curious when I was reading your book because I had heard you speak to the depths of your faith. And I was like, that's really interesting. But I 
know this to be true. And so it's just, it's really beautiful to watch the way that God is continuing to bless your ministry. And I call it a ministry because I think business is ministry. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm grateful that you shared as candidly as you did today. Thank you, Lindsay. Oh, thank you so much for the opportunity and for creating this platform. Because when I was sharing earlier about, you know, just being a, a Christian in this world and, and even sometimes feeling um, guilty for having the sense that, you know, there hasn't, haven't been a lot of communities in the church environment or in the Christian environment where I felt like it was celebrated to be exactly who I am. And I, it, it's so necessary for women like you to be creating this platform for, for those of you who are watching and listening to see that there are those of us who we are on this earth for a much bigger purpose than what the world sees us as. And it is, if you are also that ambitious and you know, there is a really big calling on your life, we need you. And I, I heard a sermon, um, gosh, a couple of years ago. Now I go back to it often about just the idea that, you know, God has, has a vision for his kingdom on earth. And of course he wants to partner with those of us who share his vision, but he's going to to get the vision onto the earth in one way or another. So maybe you have the next Uber, maybe you have the vision for the next great business, the next thing that's going to change culture, but it's, it's going to come from us taking those first steps in faith. And I'm just so grateful for the work that you're doing here to remind all of us, myself included of that. Likewise. And it's so good. And and to know in that process, there has to be those people that are willing to help raise your hand, right? Like Moses had Aaron and her on the day that he was exhausted. And so I love that. I know you steward community so well that you also have those inner circles. And um, I'm, I'm blessed to to say that I'm here for you at any point, pray for you at any point. And I know our community would do the same. So keep on, keeping on, sister, your ambition inspires and it is notable and Jesus is proud of you for it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. All right, y'all get in touch with Lindsay Schwartz. Be sure to check out Powerhouse Women CEO. I am one and you need to come. She has an incredible conference in Scottsdale, Arizona. The dates are about to be revealed with the exact location. So make sure you check that out and get plugged in. You do not want to miss the opportunity to to know and experience what it is that she creates because it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Bye, y'all. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to. And I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener. And I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way.
Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.